Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome back to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. My name is Roger Welton, one of your hosts, practicing veterinarian, coming to you with my good friend from Missouri. Or is it Illinois? Which one is it? Dr. Karen? Pick one. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> I always get confused with you. It is Missouri, right? Well, because well, I'm on the Illinois side of St. Louis, Missouri. That's why it's kind of both. Illinois side of Missouri. Okay. I know. It's, well, it's kind of like Kansas City is both in Missouri and Kansas. Well, St. Louis is kind of Missouri and Illinois. So that's why I said pick one. I'm going to go all... with Missouri. I think that's okay. what I'm going by most of, most of the time. Well, nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. Uh, you've been, been busy. Too long. I've been busy. Yeah, absolutely. Having podcast withdrawal. <laughs> Please pardon my voice as uh, I warned you before we were getting on tonight. I uh, have pretty bad lacrosse coaching voice, but this is, we'll get through it. It's extra throaty. We'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry, folks. It's the best I can do. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about vaccines. Um, some folks have some pretty strong opinions against them. Uh, sometimes it's justified. You know, they've experienced legitimate reactions with their pets when they've had immunizations. Most people, though, it's either stuff they get off the Internet or something they heard from their breeder. Breeder. <laughs> <laughs> because breeders are medically trained, right? Um, yeah. So, so I don't know about you, but this, this is, this is, <laughs> this is kind of the bane of my existence is, uh, when I, I get a conflict of opinion from a breeder. Um, and so what, what, what really sparked my, um, well, this episode spurred by obviously my, my blog post was a little bit of a anger management session I had after <laughs> a particular experience, um, and uh, I went over it with you briefly uh, beforehand, but just for all the folks out there, long-time client, lovely lady, just, you know, just beautiful. And, uh, you know, I, I had seen her two dogs uh, previously, two golden retrievers from the same litter, lovely, lovely creatures, um, steered them through so many health issues that started in, you know, like, you know, mid-senior years, you know, like eight, nine years old. And we... We got them to the ripe old age of 13, and they all, they, each one passed within a few months of each other. And so this lady and I have this tight, you know, long-standing relationship. She doesn't trust anybody else with her uh, family's dogs. She tells her whole family to come to me. And then she comes with this new puppy, and oh, God, just a gorgeous golden retriever puppy uh, from the same breeder that she got her first girls from. And, um, you know, everything's going great, and the visit's going wonderful. I'm telling her, you got a healthy-looking puppy here. This is wonderful. I'm about to give the leptospirosis immunization. And she goes, oh, wait, which one is that? I said, leptospirosis. And she said, no, no, we're, we're not going to do that. And I, I said, Ms. So-and-so, we don't use names, right? Ms. So-and-so, what, what's wrong with the leptospirosis immunization? And she said, well, my breeder said it's bad. And to that, I, I asked her, well, what's bad about it? Is there a syndrome she's referring to? Is there any studies that indicate it's dangerous? Um, any any react reactions she can speak of she was well she didn't specify so you know at that point i asked her well does she have any medical training well no but she's you know a really respected breeder i'm like okay but any medical training clearly no so you know at that point you know in the visit and again i love this lady but you know 
after all the history and, you know, goodwill between us, I'm just thinking, my blood pressure is starting to rise right now, and it really shouldn't be. You know, I should, I should respect her opinion, which is eventually what I did. And I just said, look, I would really like to just tell you there's a 50% mortality rate with this immunization. Um, we see a with lot the of disease, it. not the immunization. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Proving my case. Thank you, Karen. Oh, my God. 50% mortality rate with the disease in unvaccinated dogs. <laughs> and... Uh, it has an uncanny ability to persist in fresh standing water, which we have a ton of here in Florida, and it's transmitted by squirrels, uh, the urine of squirrels specifically. They pee in the puddles and it tends to persist. And she said, okay, well, you know, I'll take that information. I, I will give my breeder a call and I'll look into this some more and I'll definitely give it some thought. I'm like, I appreciate that. And then I came home and blogged about it because, you know, I just, it was just frustrating. I mean, uh, am I am I just being a jerk? I mean, <laughs> well, no, because I, mean, I am... And it's anything like that is just maddening when, oh, my gosh, the most hilarious one I had, this lady had this new puppy she got. And uh, we talked about all the, you know, vaccines and parasites and heartworm and everything. And and I said, OK, well, what food are you going to feed? She said, oh, I don't know. I was just going to go to PetSmart and ask one of the kids there who who works there what I should feed. <laughs> and I kind of like raised my hand slowly, like, yeah. or you could ask a doctor <laughs> and not the minimum wage high school student. Right. <laughs> and right. She actually caught herself and laughed. She was like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know yeah. what you're thinking either. Yeah. But people just get caught up in that and they're just like, Oh, I won't ask the vet. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll do this because this person told me I should trust them or whatever. But sure. I know. And it's just like, in this case, we both like really laughed about it. But sometimes like you, I'm just like, this is going to be my head against the wall because they're, if it's something that's harmless, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I have so many crap things that breeders tell people, but I'm like, okay, if they want to, you know, feed this brand of food and it's not going to hurt the dog, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you got to choose your battles. But the big one is uh, a, a scoop of cottage cheese in the food every day because it's good for their coat. Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, <laughs> but, you, you may and, make them fart a little bit more than typically. Well, I'm the with my dogs right now, actually. So I'm like, <laughs> why would you willingly bring this on yourself? But yeah, um, yeah so all those myths like that, I'm like, well, you know, whatever. But it, um, but you know, I mean, but vaccines and well, the lepto vaccine is interesting because we live in two very different parts of the country, right. and I think lepto risk, like most diseases, you know, um, differs kind of based on where you are, uh, depending on the time of year. We have puddles are rare you know yeah. <laughs> like you have much more water down there than we do yeah. so um while down there you give up though to probably most animals in my practice i would say the minority of my patients get lepto just because of the kind of patients i see um and the, the demographics and not so much because i don't believe in leptospirosis vaccine uh, i give it i've given it to my dogs sometimes i'm really flaky about vaccinating my own dogs though i'm like did I give it last year? I don't know. I'll give it, you know. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think so. I think that's a big difference, too. But um, we can talk a little bit about why why lepto, because there are some circles on the Internet where lepto's kind of gotten a bad rap. Yeah. And honestly, it got a bad rap among vets it did. for a while. It did. But let's not sugarcoat this. I mean, because yeah. I think a lot of the stuff on the Internet started from probably the, the veterinary world. Bad rap. I don't know how the yeah. that. No, but you to, know what I mean? to, to be fair, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, you know, before we spoke. We do have a little chat, a very brief one before our shows occasionally, not just go off the cuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I graduated, what, two years out of you? 
mm-hmm. 2002. So I was out in practice actually in the middle of that issue. Uh, there was a company back then, and I can say this without getting sued now, as you well know, Fort Dodge Animal Health. They were not very scrupulous when it came to putting out uh, immunizations for name your new disease du jour. <laughs> they yes. were the first ones to have a vaccine for it, right? Oh, um, yes. And so they, they, of course, put out the first lepto vaccine, and uh, it had a significantly higher um, reaction rate. I saw a couple of them, you know, myself. And to the extent that we actually said, okay, no more lepto, and then at the vent, the the vaccine got recalled, they put it back out. A lot of vets wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole at that point. It really wasn't until Pfizer came up with their own in about oh four oh five that I started using it as a core vaccine again. You know, because I, I trust Pfizer. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, is that your kind of yeah well, recollection I, uh, of the events? Yeah, and because uh, I worked in places where everybody gets lepto and they don't even ask. If you want it, you right. just get it. Right. And then I've worked in places where we actually, what I think is the more appropriate thing, but actually tailor the vaccine protocol to the pets. So um, personally, I haven't seen a whole lot of lepto reactions to the ones I've given. But here's the deal. When you're giving rabies, distemper, bordetella, lepto, and the dog has a reaction, everybody says, oh, it's the lepto vaccine. You know, yeah. and it's like, right. well, it could be any of those four <laughs> that you gave. Absolutely. So. People tend to kind of jump to that assumption falsely, but um, I think because it's a bad rap, you know, there's a hangover, well, right? A little bit, a long one. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and and I mean, and honestly, like if if it's closing time and I've got a little white fluffy dog who comes in and they want to give lepto, I'm kind of like, really, really? <laughs> it's Saturday at noon. No, I don't want to. You know, here's the business card for the emergency clinic. Have a nice day. Um, you know, because you, it's still kind of in our kind of in the back of our mind. I think we're yeah. like. Right, give me one has a reaction, you know. And so, with my clients, I, I wrote a whole blog article. It'll be on Dr. Rogers' blog soon about does your dog need a lepto vaccine? And it was very. It wasn't. I didn't have an opinion. I was pushing. It was like here's the facts. I'm very much vomiting the facts onto your lap, blah, and you can decide what to do with it. Because I don't want to make this decision for you. Right. Um, and a lot of people read the article because I have three pros and three cons, and they were like, hmm. Well, I don't know. And so then we kind of would work through it. You know, like a lot of it's based on lifestyle. I see in my house call practice a lot of elderly geriatric dogs who have much bigger fish to fry than them ever getting lepto. <laughs> you know, right. so um, I don't do as much lepto as you would in a normal, you know, practice where you get puppies and young animals. Right. Understood. Yeah, that makes sense. So, that absolutely makes sense. And, and you know, <clears throat> I look at my own Labrador who is an older dog. He's going to be 11 in February. He looks great, though, by the way. He looks great. Let me knock on wood. Okay. Um, the I give him lepto because I turn my head. He's a Labrador. He's lapping up some disgusting puddle of someone. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So, so, you know, I'm going to give him lepto. And so I, I put my money where my mouth is, and I don't have any concerns about it. I have more concerns about him getting lepto at 11 years old. And 50% mortality rate is probably going to be even higher, you know, than 50% for a dog that age. Um, you know, and... Um, so yeah, I I think that it choosing the vaccine protocol for the lifestyle of the dog, I think that's smart. I think it's you know a lot of veterinarians are in that direction. Um, we have a little questionnaire that we do that uh, you know just just goes through risk assessment for each disease, um, and then that's you know kind of how we tailor the protocol. But I would say because there is a puddle on everyone's lawn. In any given time, you know, leptospirosis is going to be 
a significant risk, I think, to any dog, even the little white foo-foo dog that spends most of its time in somebody's purse. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and realistically, I see one or two cases of lepto a year in my practice. Uh, to me, one is too many, you know, um, because it's so bad to deal with because I, I don't have isolation in my hospital. Ooh. Dog gets parvo or leptospirosis. I got to refer them to an isolation facility. That's like a thousand bucks a day, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and it's a very serious thing. So, but, so I think we should mm-hmm. touch on though that the um, well, no vaccine is perfect, right. but um, I think the lepto vaccine is, in terms of its protection, more imperfect than most. Um, simply, at least in, in our area, okay, so lepto comes in basically seven flavors. <laughs> and most vaccines protect, depending on the vaccine, against three or four. Right. So, well, guess which two flavors of lepto are on the rise and seen most commonly in wildlife? The ones not vaccinated the t- for. <laughs> exactly, the two not in the vaccine. And so I tell people that, they're like, oh, well, why am I going to get this vaccine? I'm like, well, they're different flavors, but they're all lepto. So there is going to be a little bit of protection there. But I always warn people, I'm like, just because you get the lepto shot does not mean your dog cannot get lepto. Right. You know, sure. um, they might not get it as bad. But um, I mean, it's if there was a seven way shot that covered all seven flavors, I would be much more interested in pushing it, I think. But with this like four out of seven, that's like barely over 50%, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, Ooh, impress me. So yeah. <laughs> personally, I, I don't know. I'm, well, we don't have as much left though here I, in my entire 12, 13, four, oh geez, 14 years of being a veterinarian. I think I've had five lepto cases here. Yeah. That's a pretty so, low, pretty low. Yeah. Case load. And, but also the lepto is hard to prove too. It is. You, know, yeah. you have lepto. So, yeah. I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about the, the lepto suspect versus the lepto confirmed, you know, cause they're, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to prove sometimes and sometimes we never prove it no I, that's that's a really good point um i've had actually i would say the majority of my cases i haven't proven it other than the anecdotal evidence in terms of okay we got a high white cell count we have um liver and kidney failure the dog's glowing yellow and is responding to amoxicillin and doxycycline and look we're no longer in kidney failure and liver failure you know yep that to me is proof. Um, do I often get um, serological proof? No, it's very hard to get. And that's a really good point. You can't prove it. Um, I would say the majority of the time. Um, I, I almost cringe when I'm writing, uh, running the lepto blood work because I'm like, I know I have to go through these motions, but I'm probably wasting the client's money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you can confirm it, it is at least nice to know. But Absolutely. Yeah, but, but I mean, but the, and by... Because the test basically shows, and this is kind of like the test we do for tick-borne diseases like Lyme disease and all those other two, where it shows if the dog met the disease and, is, and if their immune system is responding to it. Yeah. But if you have a very acute case, the immune system hasn't had a chance to respond to it, so you get a false negative. Right. Or if the dog met the disease like a couple months ago and happened to fight it off, and now it has something completely different because it got into the trash, you know, it, yeah. it could be a false positive. And so it, there's, really, there's no great, it's not like a heartworm test. Right. We can do it and be like, yep, your dog has heartworm, you know, um, it's, it's maddening. Lepto, as you can tell, lepto as a whole is maddening. It um, is, <laughs> it is. It, the immunization for it, the, you know, the different serovars, they call them. Um, which like the, flavors, the people strains. get so less intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I like to use the uh, terminology, it makes me sound smart. <laughs> um, the, so, 
So the, yeah, they, they ask you to look for that zero conversion. So test and then retest mm-hmm. from IgG to IgM. It's just a conversion of one type of antibody to another. I mean, it's like it, it is a convoluted mess diagnosing it. But um, so I use the four Cervar vaccine, and um, it's separate se- separated out from the DHPP. I I, I loathe mm-hmm. veterinarians that do the DHLPP, which combines leptospirosis with the four in one and gives you a five in one. Yeah, that makes me crazy because then it's like, it left over for everybody, whether you want it or not. Right. Here you go. Yeah. Right. And also, you know, ideally you want to give the DHPP once every three years. Yep. You throw the lepto in and you're only giving lepto every three years. It's probably not effective. It's a waste of time. Because it's a one-year shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but yes, there is pretty compelling data. Um, of course, I was show- shown by the pharmaceutical sales rep, but it's... It's you know it's pretty pretty good uh, scientific method. The data uh, shows pre- pretty compellingly that there is some cross reactivity with the other flavors mm-hmm. uh, outside of the four. So back to your point, you're still better off with it than without it. I think even if you don't get infected with a flavor. <laughs> <It's covered for. laughs> Thank you. I like I like the way you put it. Um, so that's my lepto story. Let's talk about your distemper story. Oh yeah. So speaking of <clears throat> vaccines, so. Um... The, a very, very, very big shelter, one of the biggest shelters, actually, in St. Louis. It's called Stray Rescue St. Louis. I can't even tell you how many thousands of dogs go to that shelter every year. They're having a distemper outbreak. It started end of October. And I haven't checked in the last few days. The last I heard, 22 dogs had died, yeah. mainly puppies. And so for the largest rescue in a medium-sized city to say, we are not taking in any new dogs for 30 days, is huge. Yeah. Because they're, they're taking dogs off the street all the time. And they're like, guys, we can't bring an unvaccinated dog into our shelter. We'll pretty much get distemper and die. <laughs> you know, right. what's the point of rescuing it? So it's, um, so I, I have an, uh, a blog article coming out. Uh, it's on my blog already. It'll be on Dr. Rogers soon, basically about distemper. What do people need to know? Because there, there was a little bit of a panic in St. Louis about, well, if they have a distemper outbreak, is it everywhere? You know, people are kind of worried. Um, so we talked about that, too. And guess what? The vaccine for that is very, very, very effective. Extremely. Like almost 100%, like yeah. as close to 100% as it could possibly be. Right. So, um, and guess what? That's also the vaccine that pretty much every dog gets if they go anywhere. It's yeah. the first shot you're going to get. So that's well, the saving grace. Why don't you elaborate on um, what is distemper? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. A lot, my- a lot of people think it's a vaccine against orneriness. Oh, I know. My husband was like, well, <laughs> how's their temperament? They call it the distemperment vaccine. <laughs> the distemperament, know? yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, honey, you've been married to a vet for 10 years. I judge you for not knowing this. <laughs> but we have fights about calculus, too. So, hey. Um, so, anyway. Um, so, it's uh, – who named it distemper? And can I shoot them because of all this confusion? It is a, I, don't, I never got the name either. It has no – implication in like what it causes right no (laughs) it is it's a respiratory virus okay it usually starts out with a cough and i'm not talking like your dog's walking around cough cough oh he has distemper i'm talking like spewing green snot from every facial orifice okay it's like they're it's bad fevers they're they feel like crap it can turn into vomiting and diarrhea it can turn into tremors and seizures i mean it's it's a it is a bad, bad deal, and it's very often fatal. Even with aggressive, aggressive treatment, it's often fatal. It's it's a virus that does whatever the heck it wants. And what I tell my clients is, we can meet the virus halfway. We we can. I'm sorry. We can treat the animal aggressively, but the virus has to meet us halfway. Yeah. You know. Um, 
So it's, it's a tough one. So the vaccine works, but you have to get it. <laughs> so, and it doesn't work immediately. So if you're going into a shelter and they give you a shot, it's not like poof, instant immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually requires a booster. And so you're talking like 14, 20 days before you have any immunity. And so that's why these shelters with all these puppies and all these non-vaccinated dogs coming in. That's why it's such a big, bad deal. Yeah. Um, but keeping in kind of along the theme of lepto too, distemper comes from wildlife, kind of like lepto does. Yeah. So, um, again, even if you don't have wildlife around, I would still vaccinate for this. But I'll you well, everybody's got raccoons, don't they? Exactly. And around here, it's um, raccoons that carry it. Is yeah. that what carries it down there in Florida? Absolutely. Well, raccoons and other dogs. We have okay, probably yeah. we have you know some stray dogs around here, um, and so the the other thing about distemper though, you know before the vaccine came out, I, I was reading uh, a, a, I don't know it was a Javma article, one of those boring articles, <laughs> but but this one actually intrigued me a little bit. Uh, Javma is one of our uh, medical journals. You you get one in the mail, right? Actually, I told him it was a waste of paper, and I didn't want him to send it to me anymore. Oh, okay. Well, I occasionally, if I you know have nothing better to do than uh, anyway, on a rare occasion, I actually read it. Uh, you know that that disease used to like wipe out entire city populations of dogs before oh. the vaccine. It would oh. come through like the bubonic plague and just wipe. And out no all one dogs. survived. No yes. one survived. Yeah. So it's really important. And in that vaccine also, we call it the DHPP. We have uh, Parvo. Parvo is another hideous disease. I do see Parvo cases, by the way. Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah I see more Parvo ro- than distemper, I oh, think. Yeah. How, many, how often do you see Parvo? Oh, gee. Well, working at the Humane Society of Missouri, about once an hour. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. that was a little skewed, though, because we had yeah. people who – were low income, no income, never back. So they, we kind of attracted those people right. um, in a normal clinic, you know, without that skewed demographic. I, I would probably still see at least one a month. Yeah. I would say that's probably our statistic as well. Um, and so it's in the same vaccine, you know, and again, another super effective vaccine, Parvo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that vaccine is also hepatitis or adenovirus type two. And then of course the one I don't, no, really belongs in there is the uh, power influenza. It's just a bad cold, you know. It's... I know. Well, I hate the name because now people are like, "Oh, wait, is yeah. that the influenza shot? Is it the doggy flu shot?" I'm like, "No, okay." So this is the shot of stupid names. It has distemper, which has nothing to do with the temperament. <laughs> we have power influenza, which has nothing to do with influenza. I'm like, just kill me now. Right. <laughs> Why are we naming this shot this? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm venting now. That's but, okay. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I started off with a vent session, so it's all you good. Did. So, but anyway, um, around here, over on the Missouri side of this little area, like like we were talking about before, on um, the Illinois side, we don't have that much distemper, thank God. But in Missouri, there are some suburbs where it is bad. I have um, a lot of friends who volunteer for the wildlife rescue in the area, and they're getting calls about distemper raccoons very frequently, and they're like, sure. guys vaccinate your dog, vaccinate your dog. Like this craps yeah. in the area, you know, I mean, sure. why would you mess around? And those raccoons so, also carry rabies. I mean, I, I get a mm-hmm. rabies warning weekly on my facts. Really? See, we don't mm-hmm. have around here. Our raccoons don't have rabies. Our skunks and our bats have rabies. Okay. So we like to spread the diseases around for diversity go. in the wildlife. Yeah. <laughs> so we, <laughs> I'm so glad we don't have skunks. Nothing against a skunk. They have their place in the circle of life. I get it, but 
I uh, in New Jersey, I remember my dogs getting sprayed with by Ooh. skunks. It's just an awful. It happened all the time. There was a skunk that like resided in my backyard. I think it sounds like dogs that there's a little bit of a learning curve issue there, maybe too. Not my dogs. <laughs> Not so Just much. <laughs> so I'm sure I don't know how many of these, you know, types of, of clients you get though, but um I, I do respect people's views and, and you know that I just to me, it's just so common sense. You have diseases that are real. They happen. Um, and people point to, well, you really don't see much distemper, do you? I'm like, I actually haven't seen a case in two years. That's a God honest truth. Actually, me neither, I don't think. Yeah. All right. So we don't see much of it. But why is it, Karen, that we don't see much of it? Yeah. It's because people vaccinate and the vaccine works. <laughs> right. Shocking. You know what? That. We also don't have smallpox anymore. Right. <laughs> so Imagine that. You know, and, and so to me, it's 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 an unnecessary risk for your own dog because of the safety of these vaccines are just, it's so tremendously good. Um, and then secondly, you're putting other pets is at risk by not doing it. Just like the people who don't vaccinate their children, you know, mm-hmm. you're putting kids that are, whose parents are doing their due diligence and following the advice of pediatricians, not Jenny McCarthy, you know, um, she was a big proponent of the whole anti-vaccine movement. Um, oh. Do you know who she is? I, yeah, I'm not that. I don't live that under a rock. <laughs> okay, I'm just double checking. I used to love the show Singled Out on MTV back when I was in college. That right now the millennials are like, who? What? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and so you you put other animals at risk, and it, it's it's really for no good reason. So I have a, a fairly decent handful of people. They just come in. They'll do the heartworm screening. You know, they're they're complying with that. They're dropping off the stool for the parasite screening, but then they're like, nope, we just want rabies because that's the only thing that's state law. That's all we're going to do. And, you know, again, my reaction is kind of like internally, internally, my reaction is kind of like, I do feel like I'm banging my head against the wall because I'm like, why? Why? I know. So, I mean, do you run into that as well? Yeah, I do. Um, But honestly, maybe I'm just fortunate to have really, really good clients, but a lot of people, I mean... I see. I tend to see a lot of older animals, and I'm like, look, if your dog's been vaccinated its whole life yeah. against these vaccines, I'm not going to like push doing this vaccine now. It's the young dogs who don't have immunity and they're out and about getting into things. Those are the ones who are going to get it, and obviously puppies. So, um, and you know what? If you can't, if you can't afford going to a vet, I know Dr. Rogers probably going to keel over and die when I say this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. But, I mean, there are those, I don't know what you call them, vaccine wagons or something. There's shot places wagons. you can go and, and just get a just get a freaking shot. I mean, yes, ideally your dog would get a physical exam. But if it comes down to getting an exam and you putting the food on the table for your kids, get the $10 shot. At least your dog won't die of parvo or distemper, which we don't see that much of. But interesting thing about the St. Louis outbreak, though, too, as far as risk and exposure goes, is – Hello, we have a highly communicable disease in a building that houses like 500 dogs. So we want to get these, they don't have any way to isolate 500 dogs. So they're asking community members who don't have dogs to like hospital, hospital slash foster these dogs in their home. Well, that's all fine and dandy. But the thing is, so now your neighbor brings home this distemper dog and your dogs are sniffing noses through the fence. And then they say, oh, by the way, I'm helping Stray Rescue. I have this distemper dog I'm fostering. I'm like... 
Yay! Thank right. you for letting him be. So, um, you never know who's next door. Sure. I mean, yes, this is obviously a very unique situation we have here in St. Louis right now, but, you know, you might think your neighbor's dog's vaccinated because they drive a Lexus, and they might not be. So, <laughs> if you can at least get your do your part, you know. Right. Um, so, because <clears throat> after that, that came out, we were like, oh, wow, please, now more reason to vaccinate your dogs, because you don't know who's next door. <laughs> so, yeah. again, that's weird, but... It's happening. So while we're on the topic of vaccines, we might as well complete it. Uh, how do you feel about immunizing for Bordetella? Oh, well, I tell people that if um, if wherever they go requires it, I play by the rules and I give it. Right. And I tell them that as I'm giving it, I say, now this will not keep your dog from getting Bordetella. And then they say, why are you giving it? I say, because you told me to, because blah, 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 Gruber requires it <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Or kennels, um, boarding yeah. kennels. And, and I, I get why they require it. I mean, I totally get it. If I had a kennel, I'd require it too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But it's just that there's no great vaccine out there because there's only a million causes of Bordetella, one of which, ironically, is para-influenza. <laughs> just to tie that all together there for you. There you go. Which is not influenza. But right. uh, anyway. But um, And so I tell them, I'm like, well, no, but it'll keep them from getting it as bad. And then they kind of look yeah. at me and make a face. I'm like, yeah, it kind of sucks. I'm sorry, but that's what we've got. So I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I get, I give it as part of the core vaccine. Um, you know, when we say core vaccine, we're talking about diseases that are endemic in any given area. Um, and that's why like, again, you're, you're more tailoring your lepto. I'm giving it to just about everybody, but board and have it more down there too. So what's that? <laughs> we have lepto more down there too. So we do. It, we do. It makes we do. Sense. Yeah. yeah. And then board I mean, we, um, for some reason, most of the dogs that I see are dogs that get kenneled, you know, regularly or go to, you know, it's really big down here, doggy daycare. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, doggy daycare is exploding here. And that makes sense to have it, you know, and, and dogs can get pretty sick from Portatello. They're not going to die from it, but it's the equivalent to whooping cough in people. I believe there used to be a whooping cough vaccine in people. Am I wrong about that? There still is. There still is. Dude. Yeah. Well, I, know, we I have, have like- kids. I should know this. We have billboards around St. Louis, and if you don't get the pertussis vaccine, right. you cannot hold the baby. Okay. Oh, honey. Right. It is like, oh, people are like fighting like, no, Grandma, you can't go over until you get your pertussis vaccine. Oh, snap. Oh, it's a big deal. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there you go. And now my mom had a whooping cough as a kid. She said it was horrible. Um, she said her, her glands in her neck hurt so badly. She felt like somebody was like strangling her. Um, oh, God. So constriction of the airway lousy feeling, horrible cough, incessant cough that gives you a headache from hell. You know, so it's worth having a less severe version, especially because the intranasal bordetella is so safe. So I do generally most of the time give it, um, you know, that's, and is there anything else that I'm, that we're missing on the vaccine side of it? Well, well you, you can, can go down the rabbit hole into like the ones I hardly ever do, like Lyme, wah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or influenza and now we have a menu of influenzas we have two to choose from yeah lucky me which again i'm in illinois so with the chicago had the whole dog flu outbreak there so it's a little bit more real but have we ever had influenza in st louis no right when we do will it be h3n2 or h3n8 which was what the vaccines are against no it'll right. be a different one <laughs> so and, it's and kind of- interestingly you know and, and when that out- outbreak happened in, sh- in the chicago area um, we, you know, Orlando's a major hub. I'm only an hour from there. And I thought, you know, it could definitely make its way down here. So I yeah. did recommend coming in for a quick immunization. Uh, but then, you know, after that six month period, I stopped, I stopped giving it, especially when I found out that not only was it the wrong strain, 
but it also does not impart any cross reactivity yeah. with, with the, with the other strain. So I just thought, you know what? I think I'm done with flu. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. it's too hard of a, a virus to pinpoint with all the mutations. Well, look at the human flu every year. It's a different strain and they try to like guess what strain it's going to be in the flu shots, you right. know? So, sure. um, influenza is just one of those super volatile viruses. So I carry both strains because I have some places like boarding kennels, doggy daycares that require it. But, um, that's about it. I only for the ones who require it again, we kind of laugh. I'm like, here's your flu shot. What else? You know, but right. you got to play by the rules. Um, and the other shot that I think is, I think the, the most stupid shot I think that exists still is Lyme because where we live, the ticks are more likely to carry Ehrlichia than they are Lyme. So you give a Lyme shot, people are like, Oh, I don't need to do tick control. Oh yes, you do. Oh, so yeah. instead of doing a Lyme vaccine, why don't you just do tick preventative and prevent these are four diseases that ticks carry. Especially, <laughs> especially, especially this day and age, you have, uh, I don't know if you like, you've used Brevecto. The oh, that, that's the big one I carry. I love it's yeah. phenomenal. It's, it's the best flea pre- or tick prevention I've ever seen in my entire career. And I used to live in Tick Central, Long Island, where I started mm. practicing. I saw five Lyme disease cases a month. Well, that, that's the Lyme capital of the oh, world up there, yeah. yeah. I became an expert in the disease. I'm like, oh, you have Lyme. I don't even need to test for it. Of course, you do test for it. But, um, yeah, so, so, so much Lyme. Uh, there we did vaccinate for it. Here I do not. Well, there it makes sense to, right. you know, but like, where, where we are now, it, it's silly. Yeah. So what I have to do often, and this is probably not the same phenomenon that you face, uh, we have a lot of snowbirds. You know, snowbirds. So, so they might come from the Lyme right. capital. So all my techs are all ch- trained to ask that question. Do you spend time elsewhere, you know, in the in the country other than Florida yeah. at any given time of the year? And often, like twenty percent of the time, yes. <laughs> I'm so right. jealous of this one lifestyle I see very commonly down here. The um, you know retired couple, they have an RV. And they just RV all over the country, you know, when the weather's nice. And then when the weather's not nice everywhere, they come back and they settle in for a few months. Then yeah. they jump in the RV and go off again. I'm like, that's my life. I want that. Yeah, but you're stuck to the U.S. though, you know. I mean, it'd be cool for the first couple of years. It's like, okay, let's see the Grand Canyon for the third time. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe a, maybe a, a boat to the Caribbean or something. Or go <laughs> Open your hopping. options. Yeah. So anyway, so but yeah, so I mean, we're where we are um, to go back to the topic. Lime, that nah, silly, and that's yeah. a, there were some other vaccines out there that they just stopped making. They were so dumb. Now, um, so my my, so can we talk about the dumb ones? <laughs> the ones that they stopped making are the ones. Well, I don't know if they're still out there. I haven't paid attention, but uh, the, do you remember Fort Dodge had a Giardia vaccine? Oh yeah, that is no longer in manufacture. Right. Well, cause... Fort Dodge went away. Thank God. What a horrible company. Um, so Giardia is a protozoal parasite. And we just think of the physiology of immunology <laughs> and how it works. The whole premise of the vaccine is stupid, ridiculous. It was never proven effective. I don't know anybody who gave it, but it just knowing, knowing it existed on the market just to know Oh, it there didn't. was a um, large <clears throat> national chain of veterinarians who shall remain nameless Okay. But they were um, they gave every vaccine given by Fort Dodge ever, um, and your dog came in again. I like to tailor the vaccines to the dog's exposure. That dog would get seven vaccines, all of them, regardless. It could be a dog who, you know, lived in a bubble at home. They'd be like <laughs> rabies, December, Bordetella, but well, flu didn't exist back then. You know, Lyme, Lepto, Giardia. 
Was there another one, or was Jerry uh, the only one that was? They um, had coronavirus as well. Oh yeah, and there's actually a um, um, a doggy measles vaccine that I saw made somewhere. I was like, really? And mm. I read a little article that said no. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, that confirms my suspicion. So coronavirus, does that still exist? I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, well, coronavirus is not one that you ever diagnose. It's like, oh, my dog had diarrhea for a couple of days. Was it corona? I don't know. It cleared up. Whatever. <laughs> you know, so. But there were vets that gave it, especially like early on in my, when I first graduated. There's vets around in my area who still do. Still give corona. It's like, it's like a, a little case of the Hershey squirts for a couple of days. Yeah. You know, it's not so, remotely deadly. And it's a DHPPC. And DHPPC. so if you ever see the C, that's what the C stands for. And, um. And if you want to really be the vaccine pushing vet, you do the to tie this all together DHL PPC. How's oh. that for an alphabet soup? So let's let's go through that alphabet real quick. <laughs> so yeah, so it's distemper, hepatitis, lepto, parainfluenza, parvo, coronavirus. Right. So that's a lot of it's the six in one that you might not need. <laughs> so. Uh, so speaking of breeders, by the way, you know um, they can they 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 commonly order that. Mm-hmm. You know, and because they think here it's legal for them to give their own vaccines with the exception of rabies. Right. Yeah. Them, yeah. You, you can buy. Um, sadly, you can actually buy trays of vaccines online. I um, I've heard of people like who breed dogs or whatever doing that. I'm like, well, OK, whatever. Yeah. So. Those, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're both like, and <laughs> yeah, because I think both of us could say more that we probably don't want to. <laughs> we do, but we, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so, well, very nice to talk to you. I think I've reached the limits of my uh, my voice for the evening. Yeah, you're sounding um, more and more like you should be working at a one nine hundred number than a, <laughs> <laughs> a podcast. Yes, uh, and and it doesn't seem poised to get any be getting any better. This is how I sounded two days ago. Uh, it's just uh, it's all that yelling when I'm coaching. But um, yeah, so are you are you in the neighborhood for the foreseeable future? Oh yeah, I'm We're not, not leaving town like again until March. Okay. So. Well, me neither. Okay. Uh, so. so. Hopefully we, we get together shortly again. Folks, uh, we didn't have any email questions after all that time in between from the last episode. Not one email. Because they gave up on us. They did They were up. like, oh, clearly they're dead in a ditch somewhere yeah, because they exactly. would have been talking by now. <laughs> well, well, we'll be more available, everybody. Keep the emails coming. They're a lot of fun. So uh, any, any, any final parting words on the immunizations? No. No, I'm just, you know what? Your vet knows a lot more than your breeder, so it might be worth to uh, – Ask them so ask and you know what? Ask questions. If you're like, hey, you know what, I'm not sure I want this shot, what does it do? That is not a dumb question. Not you at know, all. ask it. How safe is it? And, yeah, and, and if you're like it's a fair Hey, you know, does does my dog need this? Like where, where where would my dog get this disease from? That's a great question great because question. if they get it from other dogs and your dog lives alone and never goes anywhere, you know, I mean so we as you can tell, us in particular, we like to talk. So, (laughs) so ask your vet and they'll be like, yeah, now, okay, I'll be fair. If it's been a long Saturday and they close at eight o'clock at night and it's eight 30 and they're still seeing you maybe keep the questions to a minimum just because we're, we're people and we're exhausted and we're tired and we haven't peed in like six hours and you know, but (laughs) yeah, so generally we're happy to answer questions except for those days when you're like, 
what am I going to do first? Eat or pee? Ooh, that's a tough one. So anyway, I, wait, big tangent. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It, it's very true, though. I, I, I work two evenings a week, and, and I get that very much. Um, but, but I do enjoy those questions because those are intelligent questions. You're asking us to clarify. And you know what? I ask questions when my son and my daughter were getting their initial series. You know, what is the risk of these? What, what, what is, what's the safety like? What can I expect? You know, obviously on the children's side, there's been some concerns about vaccines. And so as a pet owner, as a parent, you know, it's your right to ask these questions. So ask them, but, you know, to be more satisfied with a very vague answer from your breeder, or I'm going to throw another one in here, your groomer, a lot of them, have, a lot of groomers have a lot of opinions. Um, not that against groomers, but, you know, veterinary advice should be in the domain of the veterinarian. Well, and actually I got to brag though. I have to totally brag. St. Louis area groomers rock. I have in the last 10 years, I have, I, I can count on one hand, maybe the veterinary advice groomers have dished out. Instead, they're like, Hey, you know what? This doesn't look right. You really need to go take your dog to the vet. I mean, like, I, I just want to send out a huge high five to St. Louis area groomers. Cause I've had so many people who are like, yeah, my groomer said I should call you about this. And I'm like, thank you. Tell your groomer they're awesome, you know, because a lot of them want to try to diagnose things. And so I don't know if obviously down there you're still, but I have to say the last 10 years, our groomers have, uh, yeah, they they got their act together. They they know legally what you can and can't do and more power to them. I respect them for that. I'm glad your experience has been great. Um, I, I, I certainly want to send a sentiment to my area groomers, but it's not high fiving. Oh, (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, uh, from dietary advice to ear cleansing advice when they have, you know, a clear set history and, oh, I can go on and on and on and on. Um, you know, here, when you go to your groomer, use this shampoo because your dog has this condition, seborrheic dermatitis, for example. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no, no, I wouldn't use that. Uh, the tea tree oil is going to work much better. Just, yeah. Tea tree oil, you know, and, and anyway. Yeah. So... So, so if you want a really awesome groomer, apparently you need to come to St. Louis. So there. Apparently, apparently. <laughs> is it getting yeah. cold there yet? Actually, it's going to be eighty tomorrow. So there. Okay. Yes, gay global warming. It, yeah. Oh, th- 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 but it's St. Louis. This weekend it's going to snow. So seriously. Oh, okay. <laughs> so well, it's the time of year where you can run your AC and your and your uh, heat all in the same day, right? Yes. <laughs> um, now, as an Illinois slash Missourian, were you? Excited about the Cubs win? Should I say congratulations, or do you not? Could you not care less? Well, we'll see. In St. Louis, we're big Cardinals fans, right. and so the Cardinals and the Cubs are a big rivalry. Okay. So there are a lot of people who are like down with the Cubs. We'll root for anybody than the Cubs. Okay. I tend to. I felt sorry for them. I have a lot of friends who are Cubs fans, and I'm like, you know what? Cool. I'm glad you guys won. And I'll be honest, I I, I didn't even stay up to watch the game. I was at a conference. I had to get up at four the next morning, and I was like, come on the field. Peace out. <laughs> so I didn't even get to see a win. Well, I'm a horrible sport fan. Congratulations. It's uh, it was a painful long time coming. I didn't talk oh, to God, you since then. So. Well, everybody have a lovely evening. Thank you so much for your time and putting up with uh, our venting. <laughs> our great. tangents. <laughs> tangents. Um, thank you so much for joining us as always. Dr. Karen, party words? Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. 
With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.